0: we're listening to a podcast from The National. In the middle of Africa lies one of the world's most neglected crisis areas. I'm Nasser al-Wesmi, and in this week's Beyond the Headlines, we bring you the story of how poaching has thrived in the chaos of the Central African Republic. Poaching, or the illegal hunting of protected wildlife, is rampant in parts of Africa. Chinko Park, a large wildlife refuge in the Central African Republic, has especially seen its wildlife population ravaged by poachers. Today, we spotlight a crisis in one of the poorest and most unstable states
1: in the world. Campbell McDarmid reports. British reporter Jack Losh is flying in a bush plane above Chinko Park in the Central African Republic. The sun hangs low in the sky. Orange rays bathe the scrub below in a golden haze. A radio beeps, and the pilot speaks to units on the ground. Somewhere far below, a group of armed men stand in the bed of a pickup truck. They're bouncing along a red dirt road in pursuit of an unseen quarry. Chinko is a wildlife refuge in an eastern corner of the Central African Republic, a war-torn country plagued by instability and deadly communal violence. The park spans 1.8 million hectares of mixed habitat that is one of the most uniquely diverse ecological landscapes in Africa. But crisis is woven into the fabric of this country. And that's put Shinko Park under serious threat. Amid the chaos of a civil war, poachers are ravaging the local wildlife.
2: Shinko is this fusion where you have Congolian rainforest coming up from the south, mixing with drier... Arid Central African savannah. That's
1: Jack Losh speaking to the National via Skype. Once he's back home in England after one of his recent trips.
2: Uh, and that that fusion has created an amazing diversity of species, you know, from lions. Jack has been reporting from uh,
1: Central African Republic, or CAR, for several years now, as the country descends into a state of anarchy. A landlocked country in the middle of the continent, CAR is bordered by six other states. But even compared to its neighbors, which include South Sudan, Chad and Congo, CAR is still one of the poorest and most underdeveloped countries in the world. And according to the UN, it's one of the world's most neglected crisis areas. The country is rich in natural resources, but it has been unstable since independence from France in 1960. In 2012, the country spiralled into bloodshed, as longtime leader Francois Bouziz was challenged and overthrown by a predominantly Muslim rebel alliance called the Selica. Christian militias called the anti balaka emerged in response, accelerating a cycle of sectarian violence. Jack Losh describes the situation
2: as mad. It is a bit of a mad situation over there. Um, the, the latest uh, phase of the crisis Really began back in 2013 when you had uh, Muslim rebels of the Seleka coalition um, overthrow the government in the capital Bangui uh, before eventually being driven back uh, a few months later. Deployment of peacekeepers Uh, and and since then there was a lull around presidential elections uh, in 2016, uh, but since then that lull's ended and violence has surged across the country and it's it's spread across the country as the former rebel coalition fragments into all these different competing militias this is this is a country which really stretches the notion of statehood it's really only defined as a state by its uh, borders on a map these borders are in fact very porous and allow the movement of uh, different armed groups to come in and different mercenaries to come in from Chad, uh, from Sudan, um, influx and an exodus of displaced people into Cameroon and in, into DRC into South Sudan. Uh, this This is a bad neighborhood. It's not just the people uh, who are affected by this instability. Uh, for years, Political chaos in the country has allowed poachers to uh, move in and out of the country and around the country, uh, and exploit the, these 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 large wildlife populations. Um, this this trade in ivory and in bushmeat has resulted in some ninety five percent depletion in the country's wildlife. You know, back in the 1970s, just as these this, this frenzy of killing elephants across Central Africa was beginning, uh, experts put the number at around 70,000 elephants in car. Uh, this is dropped by huge amounts, by tens of thousands.
1: Chinko is in a totally lawless area, in one of the most neglected places on the planet. As a result, the wildlife has suffered. From thousands of elephants at the end of the 1980s, Chinko Park is now home to only a few dozen.
2: It's really a paradise in some respects, but it's also under siege from from different threats. Uh, You have the wider lawlessness and the wider civil war. Um, So you have militant groups there. You have poachers who make incursions into the park. Uh, You have illegal miners, kind of artisanal miners, we're not talking about big corporations, who sneak into the park and will dredge riverbeds for for diamonds and for gold. And uh, they're poaching all the time to sustain themselves. And then one of the biggest concerns uh, is these armed nomadic herders who every dry season trek southwards from Sudan and from Chad, uh, who go through this park lighting bushfires as they go along to to clear the dense brush for their cows, but also to stimulate new pasture growth for their cows to feed on. Uh, And these guys are poaching all the way along just for either for their sustenance or to make a bit of money on the side from the bush meat or from the ivory trade, if they get lucky enough to find an elephant, which is pretty rare nowadays.
1: Across Africa, this is a familiar scenario. When people are marginalised, and state control is weak, poaching becomes an attractive way of earning a living. The poachers themselves are often poor men from the local community. They kill wildlife both for bushmeat and to sell parts on the international market. Middlemen transport the parts to markets overseas, generally in Asia, where they are sold for many hundred times their original price, often for use in traditional medicines. Poaching is a multi-billion dollar international trade. It's the fourth most lucrative black market industry after drugs, weapons, and human trafficking. Since 1970, mankind has wiped out 60% of animal populations worldwide. Habitat destruction, pollution, and killing animals for food are the significant factors. But for certain species, like chinko's elephants, poaching is the primary threat.
3: Three quarters of the elephants that die in Central and West Africa die because somebody killed them illegally.
1: That's Dr. Philip Maruthi, speaking to the National via Skype from Nairobi, Kenya. He's the vice president and chief species protection scientist of the African Wildlife Foundation, an organisation that devotes a large part of its work to combating poaching.
3: Since 2007, we noticed that, uh, particularly for large mammals like elephants and rhino, the off-takes, the illegal off was so great that it threatened to exceed uh, the species, the numbers that were surviving and the numbers that were being born. And that is when really you, you cross the line. When the offtake uh, exceeds your birds and uh, your survival, then your species, your numbers should start declining. Uh, and uh, that is when you, you have a crisis.
1: The African Wildlife Foundation's anti-poaching efforts work on two fronts. Some projects focus on the supply side, to stop the illegal killing of animals. They also work on curbing the demand for wild animal parts. While it's important to stop the killing, Dr. Maruthi says, you also need to stop the trafficking. That's a big part of the equation.
3: You can see extinction uh, looming very close.
1: Poaching is driven by the high prices consumers in countries such as China are willing to pay for exotic animal parts. Rhinoceros horn, pangolin scales, elephant ivory.
3: So for example, in 2012, the population of African elephants was estimated to be just less than half a million. And the offtake that was documented was 35,000 elephants killed illegally each year. So if you do very simple mathematics, in about 15 years you'd have no elephants. So something needed to be done urgently. The good
1: news is, unless species go extinct, the negative effects of poaching are not irreversible. With good governance, wildlife populations can bounce back. And success stories do exist.
3: I I do believe that uh, there is a very strong correlation between good governance and willingness and putting resources uh, and it is reflected when a country puts resources like in the case of kenya what they've done in the last uh, five years they improved the law that protects wildlife and have high very stringent fines they have improved the number of rangers they've put more resources and bang poaching has gone down in kenya poaching has gone down in uganda there are improvements in tanzania since they recognize the, you know the, the, the problem
1: Back in Chinko, the organisation which manages the park is fighting back. And to do that, they've recruited rangers from an unusual source, former poachers.
2: And then you've got a lot of rangers there, um, I think around 60 at the last count. Now what's amazing about these men is, while well, now they're very uh, wedded to the conservation cause, they're very committed to it, a lot of them Um, uh, a certain number of them are former poachers themselves. I remember speaking to this one guy called Hervé, who was this short, stocky guy, uh, exactly the kind of proportions you want in an elephant poacher. You can kind of get down in the bush and sneak up on elephants. And for years and years, this guy, um the the son of poachers himself had been hunting elephants and he told me when he first started a couple of decades ago they could go out there and find an elephant the same day Uh, by the end of his career a few years later it would take him weeks to find the elephant he would sneak up to it with his homemade shotgun and shoot it in the ear that was the way they did it uh and since animal numbers have depleted this guy was kind of going out of business so he literally uh was was a poacher turned game gamekeeper uh joined chinko and is now part of their ranger team um tracking poachers he knows what to look for uh so gradually kind of through engagement with the community through education we're seeing a slow gradual but meaningful change in uh, local opinions there towards wildlife conservation and gradually they're coming on
1: but while the local community may now see the value of preserving wildlife, the park isn't out of the woods yet.
2: Not just this kind of low level grassroots poaching. there has over the last uh, last few years uh, been an increased militarization of poaching, so um I kept in touch with my ranger contacts on the ground out there, and during a raid early this year on a poacher camp, uh, they found butchered animals. Uh, no surprise there. They found some pretty high-powered weaponry. No surprise there. But but the big surprise were these uh, ID cards, uh, which showed that these men belonged or had belonged to until very recently um, a a militia group linked to the Sudanese army. Uh, On the cards, it said they belonged to a group called the Popular Defense Forces, the PDF, uh, who operate in Sudan, who have been accused by uh, human rights organizations like Amnesty, like Human Rights Watch, of uh, being complicit with atrocities committed against people in, in Darfur. Maybe they'd abandoned their posts or maybe they were still there, but they, they were very much connected to that group, which is an official extension of the Sudanese army. Uh, and the thinking was among the Rangers there that, you know, they have been sent down perhaps by, uh, by their commander to make a little bit of money on the side moonlighting as poachers in between their more militant work in the west of Sudan.
1: Tackling the internationalized aspect of poaching is perhaps the most challenging part of the problem, Dr. Maruthi says.
3: Poaching gangs are, and this poaching and trafficking problem is transboundary. It requires the measures that I have been describing to you working with communities building capacity for the protected area but certainly in the case that you guys reported, which is very true and actually that trip goes all the way to Cameroon, that is an international issue according to me. and the, the wildlife authorities will not resolve that. because these militias are well, are well and very highly armed, and therefore you cannot leave this. We cannot leave everything conservation to the conservation or to the wildlife authorities. They are not going to be able to do it.
1: Poaching can sometimes seem like an intractable problem. As states collapse, countries go to war, and people suffer, preserving wildlife can fall down the list of priorities. But Dr. Maruthi is an optimist. He says helping a country fight poaching can help that country to preserve its future.
3: By helping conservation in those conflict situations, or when the economies are not doing well, you are actually helping the growth of those countries uh, in, in the long term.
0: Thanks to Campbell McDarmon for this report. Special thanks to his guests, Jack Losh and Dr. Philip Muruthi. Subscribe to be on the Headlines on Apple Podcasts or your favourite app. Make sure to follow our coverage on thenational.ae. Thank you for listening and goodbye.